Good morning, and greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've, uh, I've spent a good a bit of time this Advent season sort of taking shots at Christmas, at how sometimes the Christmas season, with everything that comes along with it, can butt out Advent, can sort of replace Advent in our lives. And yet I have a confession to make. I love the Christmassy stuff. One of the best days of the year for me is when I put Christmas music on my phone and climb up on the roof and hang those lights. I love the Christmas music setting up the tree. Uh, And actually, after a year of living in Southern California, I was driving down Highway 85 past Bed Bath & Beyond and Barnes & Noble. And when I saw those lights up, I actually fist-pumped in my car. It's so sentimental, but I love the trappings of, of the Christmas season. And yet, for so many of us, as we think about this time that we spend in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, typically makes up the Advent season, I think that peace is probably not the first word that comes to mind. <laughs> what are some of the words for you? you know, maybe, maybe it's hectic, stressful, busy, chaotic. Man, the kids are going to be off for two weeks and I still got to work? What am I going to do with that? Man, I got to go shopping after work when all the other parents are. There's a lot going on. And sure, there might certainly be positive words. You know, there's joy. There's family and friends. But for lots of folks, there's also some tough ones. There's sadness and loneliness. And that's why Advent is such a treasure for us. It provides four anchor points, four spiritual principles that we can attach to in our lives as we navigate this season, but not just this season, but all of life. It's an annual reminder that in a world that inundates us with advertisements and reminders of what we don't have, Advent anchors us in what we do, that we have peace, hope, love, and joy that are ours in Jesus Christ. Now last year, Pastor or last week, last year, last week, Pastor Jim talked about Advent hope, and this idea that the hope that we have in Christ isn't a worldly kind of hope, as if it were some wishful dreaming that something good might happen for us in the future, but rather it is a firm and secure hope that we have a guarantee by the promise and the character of God that what he has told us will happen is certainly ours, that we have hope. And today we're going to look at Advent peace. And we'll be focusing on a few verses from our, uh, our reading in Romans 15 today to be our guide. Romans 15, 5 and 6 that says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind as Christ, that Christ Jesus had. 
so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. As we get into our text today, actually, I want to start by looking at the biblical concept of peace, in particular in the Old Testament, because this forms the way that Jesus understood what peace was and who he was as the prince of peace. Now, you might be looking up at this slide behind me here, thinking, wow, that is the least helpful slide I have ever seen in a sermon, Pastor Joe. I understand. That is the Hebrew word for peace. And so if you don't read Hebrew, it might look pretty, but it's not comprehensible. It's the word shalom. It's a word that is still used today by Jews as a greeting. Shalom. And it means peace. But this concept of shalom, it's bigger than just the way so many of us understand it as Westerners or Americans. You know, when we think about peace, we think of it, about it primarily as the absence of war or conflict. And that's part of shalom. But that's not all of it. In the Bible, shalom is peace. It is a completeness and a wholeness. And an absence of conflict is an important part of that. But it's just a small part. Shalom is when everything is in its right place, whole and restored, and working together for the purpose for which God created it. That is shalom. And I'd like to detour now uh, into Japanese art history. If you would bear with me for a few minutes, I think you'll find this helpful. There's a Japanese art form called kintsugi. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. Uh, but it comes from the Japanese words that mean gold joinery. And in kintsugi, what is done is you take a broken piece of pottery or ceramic and you put it back together and you use a lacquer mixed with gold, and it looks something like this. You can see the point of kintsugi isn't that you would repair something in such a way as to conceal the damage. Rather, it's highlighted so that the function of the original vessel, the reality of the brokenness, and the beauty and craftsmanship of the restoration can all be seen. That something that was broken could be brought back to unity, beauty, and purpose by the work of an artist. It's kind of like shalom. This is what God is doing in Jesus Christ for his people. He's taking lives and relationships broken and fractured, chaotic, and bringing about shalom. With this in mind, let's get into Romans. Our text today says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. This is the New International Version from 2011. It's your pew Bible in front of you. Uh, 
And if you look at, at some other translations, this, this next one is actually the New International Version from 1984, the one I grew up reading, which I guess would be the old New International Version at this point. Uh, it says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Now this is peace talk. It's talking of the supernatural power of God to unite, to fix the broken, and to restore relationships and make them whole, our relationships with him and with one another in and through Jesus Christ. Now, this is something I don't want you to miss in the text today. It's easy to miss, but I don't want you to. Where does this attitude of Christ, this spirit of unity, where does the text say that it comes from? It says that God gives it to us. Hear this. If you don't receive peace from God, where else are you going to get it? Now, once a week, usually a Wednesday or a Thursday, I'll spend my morning working from the Starbucks over on Coozer Avenue. Uh, and I encourage you, drop in on me sometime. I'd love to chat and uh, buy you a cup of coffee. Uh, I do this because there seem to be an awful lot of not-so-coincidental coincidental things that happen when you just go spend a lot of time around the same group of people. Something happened this last Thursday, I was writing this message. I had my Bible out on, my, on the table and somebody came up and talked to me. I said like, oh, is that the Bible? Are you Christian? I said, oh boy, don't you know it. I'm a pastor. <laughs> uh, I'm writing a sermon. You're in deep now. Uh, and he said, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian too. Um, you know, what's your sermon about? which was his next mistake. Um, and I went on to tell him, you know, I'm writing a sermon about peace. Now it's for Advent, and so I'm, I'm writing about peace. And we went on to have this conversation that, that didn't quite sit right to me, but I didn't, honestly, I didn't have the right words in the moment. I wish I had, but I didn't. So maybe you can relate to that too. He went on to say, peace, that seems really unrealistic. This is a Christian guy. He said, you know, look at the church. So many denominations, and we can, sometimes we come together and we agree on some things, but do you really think that there's going to be unity? Let alone in the bigger world outside of the church. And if the church can't even do it, then what hope is there for the rest of the world? Peace is unrealistic. And I wish that I had had something better to say in the moment. I thought about this conversation a lot. And eventually it dawned on me. A little too late. I'm sure it happens to you too. The thought was this. Of course, peace is unrealistic. It's not exactly wrong. Don't you think that if peace was realistic, we would have figured it out by now? You know, at the time of Jesus, people were traveling by foot and donkey, and now we can fly people to the moon. 
And we're not any closer to peace. We just have more sophisticated ways to sow seeds of division and wage war. Peace is unrealistic because we can't get it by our own power. We can't achieve it by ourselves. We can only receive it when we seek it from the Prince of Peace. If peace is going to happen in this world, it's going to happen on God's terms and by his power, not ours. So if you only hear one thing today, this is the thing I want it to be. True peace comes from God, and there is nowhere else to get it. And if you're looking for it somewhere else, what you're going to find is a half-baked, pale imitation of the real thing. It's going to seem like it, but it's ultimately going to fall short. And so if you're in a place in your life right now where peace is hard to come by, and maybe that's the, the seasonal chaos. Wow, there's so much going on. How am I going to get everything done right now? Maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's challenges in life, illness, problems with relationships. Whatever it is, I'm going to guess that I don't have to tell you what is stealing your peace right now. You probably know. And if you don't, my encouragement to you is to ask God to show you. I promise you he will. And so what can you do? Pray that God would give you peace in those situations. Specifically, the challenges, the hardships, the struggles in your life, you don't have to hide them because they're not the right kinds of things to pray about. You don't have to say, I don't have my life together, and so I have to leave that part out when I come before God because I can only bring the good stuff to church. No. Say, I am struggling. And God, I need your peace because I'm not getting it anywhere else. Here's what the scriptures say. Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It says that peace, real peace, doesn't make any sense. It transcends our understanding that you can be standing in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the chaos and the hardship and the brokenness of life, and you can have a peace that doesn't make any sense. Except that it does, because it's from Christ. You can have a peace that people who don't know Jesus, they look at your life and they say, I don't get why you can have peace right now, because it seems like this is a five-alarm fire. But it only seems that way because maybe they don't know that your God has already conquered sin, he's conquered death, and he is disarmed and stands victorious over Satan. He's already stomped him into the ground. And so you can stand there and have peace because you belong to the God who is victorious. Amen?
the peace of God doesn't make sense. Except it does. And the scriptures say this. That I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers or height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 8. It says that you can have peace in your life in all circumstances because you are his and according to the promises of God, nothing can snatch you from Jesus' hand. I want to revisit Kintsugi here. (laughs) You see, the origin of Kintsugi is not rooted in the idea of art for art's sake. It's rather in the idea that something could be so beautifully restored, not just aesthetically so that it looks nice, but that it could also be restored to the purpose that it had originally that it lost when it was broken. That it could be taken from disrepair and chaos to wholeness and then not set up on a mantle or a pedestal to be looked at as something pretty, but set back in the cupboard to be used again. And this is what our text says today, right? May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had, so that, so that, with one heart and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace isn't just the end. The peace that God gives is peace that has a purpose that the unity of God's people would be a powerful testimony to the goodness of their God. And that the, the point from the beginning was that the people that God chose and sanctified and set apart for himself would glorify him in the way that they lived in this world. And in doing so, they would point others to the God who could put together that which was broken and speak peace into that which was chaotic. That the testimony of this shalom that God brings to your life, to the life of the church, that it would be a powerful witness to others. And I believe it will be. I believe that to a world that is divided and filled with animosity, that you and I could proclaim and live out peace. So brothers and sisters in Christ, this Advent, let us be people of peace. May the God who repairs broken things and beautifully makes them whole again do that very same thing for you so that united together, we might glorify the one who sets things right, who makes them the whole. And that this would be an invitation to those around us, living in darkness, with no peace, to come and see.
to take a look into a manger this Christmas and behold the Prince of Peace. Advent peace. It cuts against the grain of the world that we live in. It is calmness and quiet where there is chaos. It is unity where there is peace and or where there is division and conflict. And it transcends all understanding because it only comes from God. And it's a true peace that sets our hearts at rest and tunes our lives as individuals and as a family of faith to the purpose for which we were created and set apart. To bring glory to God, the God of peace, the one who takes broken things and with something far more precious than gold, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ takes what was broken. He makes it whole again. He brings about shalom. Advent peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of peace. Lord, that not only that you have the power to bring about peace, but also that you see us. You see where we are. You see the state we're in. Our way is not a mystery to you. And so we can come before you in the chaos of life and the hardship and the brokenness and say, God, this is me. Make me whole. Give me peace. In Jesus' name, amen.